G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to another episode. Today I have something a little bit different for you guys and girls. Um, I got a spear fisherman, Liam from Coastal Lads. Welcome. Hello mate, it's a pleasure. So what's been going on? Not a lot, just uh, a little bit of diving here and there and where we can and um, yeah, just uh, had a bit of exciting news happen with the metro opening a little bit. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I seen that the other day. That's, yeah. uh, that's a great success. Yes, there's not many... Uh, not many times that it works in our favour with uh, law changes, but this is one of them. So yeah, you want to dive into that quickly before we get? Yeah. So um, basically, uh, there's metro of of Adelaide, which um, spans a large number of k's, and uh, we are not allowed to spearfish um, in that area within I think 600 metres of the shore. Um, and, you know, some of these areas, obviously, you wouldn't want to anyway. You know, it's uh, heavily trafficked with uh, with uh, swimmers and beachgoers and stuff. And usually the fish life there isn't too great. But, uh, yeah, there's a bit of a bit of a section um, up south, sort of towards uh, uh, Moana, Hallett Cove there. And, uh, yeah, they, um, through uh, Dave uh, Schofield and, and uh, a few people behind him have... Um, yeah, lobbied to get it open. So there's a section there that I don't know exactly how many how many uh, hundreds of metres it is or a few k's, but uh, yeah, it's good ground through there and we'll give uh, some of these young fellas a bit of an opportunity to get out and shoot um, some fish not too far from home because unfortunately otherwise, you know, if you don't have a boat or you, especially if you don't have a car, you know, as well, and there's not that many options um, you know, in South Australia. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty limited Adelaide region anyway you have to drive. You know, at least an hour or more just to get out, unfortunately. So we'll get straight into the questions. Um, Where are you from? Um, Gawla. Gawla? So grew up in uh, Gawla all my life and uh, first job worked in Gawla and now living uh, out towards Anguilla. Yeah, nice. It's nice out there. How old are you, man? Uh, 27 birthday in a few days so. nice nice happy birthday for then this will be out first thing tomorrow morning so <laughs> what do you do for work man uh physiotherapist nice nice yeah spent most of the working career working in uh, private practice but a bit of a switch now so working in sort of community work um in the aged care sort of sector so yeah, how long go. have you been in in that for um i think it's been about six seven years now much study so, involved for yeah, that four year yeah four year course so yeah it's good good uni days were uh were pretty fun so yeah awesome yeah. so now we've had a uh physio and a chiro on hey <laughs> <laughs> he, was he not a physio that other bloke might have been i confuse oh, the two all the time calling physio he will kill he'll kill me he'll kill me uh how'd you get into spear fishing man um so dad uh He's done a bit of line fishing, um, and yeah, that's what I grew up on, a little bit of line fishing, and I might have been, I don't know, maybe 12 years old when I sort of 
picked up the uh, the hand spear, the old Hawaiian sl- sling, and um, yeah, that was Dad's Dad's old uh, spear. And I don't think he'd uh, stretch that rubber for a few years because uh, <laughs> you know I put on my snorkel and had the Hawaiian sling and went out by myself at uh, little old Port Vincent there on York Peninsula and. Just pretty much straight away, I got schooled by like mullet, and you know they're circling around, and I pull pull the uh, the rubber back and just snap straight away. Oh, I was no, like, no, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think I'd be able to do it today if I tried. But um, and I held the spear, and the, and the school is still swimming around me, swimming around me, and I just went <laughs> and jumped it and uh, and got it decent, decent yellow by a mullet. So yeah, I was stoked. And, that's um, wicked. Yeah, and that's where the passion started. That's where it started. Yeah, shot a few uh, a few worse fish after that though. So how'd you um, progress from there to where you are now? Um, it was just sort of pretty casual in those early days. You know, we had a shack down at Port Vincent, um, the family. So yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit done there. And um, you know, when you when I went to uni, um, got into it a bit with a good mate of mine. We used to most weekends when the weather was good, we used to head up to Wallaroo, and yeah, and there was a little section there that we used to. Um, camp next to and yeah, go shoot a few few strongies for dinner and so drinks, what type of weather conditions are you watching out for to head out um back then mate it was anything you'd, go out, <laughs> you'd, you'd get there and you'd be like what you jump in the water it'd be like six foot viz and yeah always managed to get a feed though but anyway the uh the ones that you're sort of looking out for these days um is obviously you need the visibility to be there you know and and um it can be glass calm and like shit water yeah like dirty dirty water so typically you want to be looking at the the time before um the the day that you go out as well so you know it might be a couple of days in advance you need low swell um low winds usually you want the wind to be coming um off offshore as well heading out uh-huh. otherwise it can you know pick up the swell and the, and the trot and uh, by the time it gets closer to shore it's pretty dirty and um and yeah usually below sort of 10 knots you know if it's coming from the ocean to the shore uh-huh. you can usually dive in it as long as it's sort of below 10 knots but it, it changes from area to area so you're uh, watching tides much or just mainly yeah. swell tides is uh you know if, you, if you're going for yellowfin whiting or something and you know they're, they're pretty tidal dependent in a lot of areas you know they'll there'll be no water there if it's if it's low tide you know uh-huh. but you go on a little bit of a higher tide and yeah you'll um find different fish and yeah, different different areas work differently depending on the on the tide and time of year as well plays a large part and you just learn those you know, patterns and behaviors and so is it summer you mainly going um yeah i'm a i'm a bit of a bitch when it comes to cold water <coughs> so and it uh, gets pretty cold off the coast of south yeah. australia yeah so yeah i'm not uh, not much for winter diving but um, there are <laughs> some don't good fish you. Yeah, there are some good fish that can be found in 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 winter, and um, yeah, there's a group of people that will go out and reliably get a good feed of uh, fish in winter. But yeah, typically, typically in the warmer months, so it's probably three quarters of the year I'm out on a regular basis. Yeah. So, what's your um, most memorable session? Um, probably on KI Kangaroo Island. So we go there every year. Um, we run uh, state titles over there. Yeah. Um, so that's getting more and more popular. Um, but pretty pretty good social scene in the uh, in the com- competition side of it. Um, what type of turnout are you getting up over um, there? <coughs> over there, 
I reckon this year. Oh, don't quote me on it. I did organise the comp, but I can't remember <laughs> how many people. I reckon maybe maybe thirty or something. You know, so it's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it, it's it's a balance. Like you want you want it to be a you know popular sport. I know hunting. You guys don't don't call it sport, but there is there is a, there is a sport side of spearfishing, which uh, yeah we can get into in a bit. But um, you know, you want it to be popular. But then it's such a pain in the ass when you've got you know too many people. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you try to find locations that will be suitable so everyone you know will more likely come across decent fish. Yeah. And yeah, it's a bit of a logistical um, nightmare. But um, no, nah, it's good. Anyway, we uh, yeah we're over there for the state titles, but that was when um, the island had a lot of fire on it. Uh huh. So the yeah. bushfires went through there, and we were we were arming and arming about whether we whether we would go. Um, all the ferries were still on, <coughs> but. Uh, yeah, we decided we'd go and um, bought a heap of supplies over for the locals. You know, they were lacking a bit of water and a few other um, necessities there. So, yeah, we chucked everything in our, in the boat as much as we could and, yeah, brought it over. But, uh, yeah, it was just it was just a, a trip that had, you know, just good vibes and, yeah, good uh, some good fish were landed. So that was actually when uh, we were mainly diving out of Tinny. My four point two meter tinny. Yeah, nice. And um, yeah, that was a trip that we uh, ended up sinking it as well. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's memorable, but probably not all for the right reasons. Ah, it's all right. Uh, you have to have some fuck ups around to make uh, yeah. a make a good memorable <laughs> dive or hunt. Or yeah. we've all been there. So, what <laughs> type of sick. species are you chasing over there on a dive like that? Um, Koi has a really good range of cold water um sort of species so there's certain fish there that you might not get um, other other places uh, in south australia or not it's not as common um we know over there the sort of ki species that are pretty sought after are um uh, like queen snapper yeah um rock ling which i don't know if you've seen that but they're like eel looking yeah i was fish. about to say they're big long yeah they're not nice. looking thing they uh they taste a lot better than eel apparently so uh, yeah, that and nanny guy, yeah, um, which you get them there in uh, a lot shallower um, than uh, other places, and and harlequin as well. And um, that trip as well that I was just talking about, that was when we landed the first tuna. Um, so you get tuna over there that uh, won't go away too much, but they do they do come <laughs> in pretty close to shore. So yeah, yeah it'd be pr- pretty mint. Yeah, you were saying uh, they're they're pretty difficult to spear. I was I was saying just before the podcast that. Man, I wish saltwater bow fishing was legal because <laughs> seeing the videos of the bait, the bait fish getting pushed to the surface, I'd love yeah. love to have a go at shooting shooting a tuna off the surface. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, a, be a hard one. A L- yeah, lot of trial and errors, but yeah. <laughs> people do do it, especially in the states. There's yeah. there's videos of guys doing it with the with the what is it over there, yellow fin? Or, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, their body built for speed. Though, yeah, those things like when you look at them close, and you know everything, everything tucks away in it. Yeah, you know, like the, the just the, a torpedo the fin, the the peck fins, everything is just has little grooves, and it just it's just completely built for speed. You know, the, and what makes bit. them even better, they're freaking awesome eating. Yeah, <laughs> bloody oath. Yeah, nothing beats a bit of uh, sashimi. So, what's your gear run through? Not that I know much about the. The gear, apart from you know, hand spears, flippers, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, real, real basics for me. But um, what's your your gear for anyone that's listening that um, knows their stuff? Well, pretty well. I'll I'll start for the listeners that don't really uh, don't really know much about it. But um, everyone 
that's into spearfishing will generally need you know a decent decent wetsuit, um, which the the ones that are generally used for spearfishing are they're hard to get on. You know, you got to be well lubed up and yeah. sliding up. Um, so decent wetsuit. Um, obviously, you need a, a spear gun. <coughs> uh, you can use a hand spear, but um, spear gun uh, is a bit of a must, I think, when you're trying to land uh, more epic fish. Although, with that said, there was a there was a bloke. I think he would have been in. Uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but I think I think he's in his fifties. <laughs> he's, he's a rough looking fella, but uh, he's based up in Queensland. He's an old timer, and um, he uh, he came over to the, the uh, state titles once and and uh, kicked my ass, but he just using a, a pole spear. Yeah, wow. Uh, he landed some epic fish <laughs> with the pole spear. So anyway, um, spear gun. You you obviously need a decent mask and a snorkel, and that's something that. Um, is a little bit overlooked, you know, if you're if you're swimming. Do you have got... to get a mask fitted or is no. it nothing like that? It, it's it's you just you just gotta get one that fits your face. Yeah. You know, you if you got access to a dive a dive store, you know, you just sit, sit the mask on your on your face and um, you know, squish it in a little bit and if it if it stays there, if you feel that seal, um, then it's a good mask. But uh, yeah, if it doesn't seal or, you know, you're swimming around and there's just a little bit of a leak there, like, it will wreck your dive. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been there snorkeling. I, I'm, yeah. I'm horrible at snorkeling and diving. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got fogging up lens and that yeah. little bit of water coming in. And it, It's those things, though, that I think get a little bit a little bit overlooked. Like, you know, people think, oh, yeah, spearfishing, you just, you just jump in and shoot the fish. But, you know, we're, we're not. We're, like, big, fat. Slow things in yeah. the water, you know. We're, we're not built to go on the water, and there's those finer things that someone will look at you and think, "Oh, yeah, I can do that," and then they jump in the water, and all of a sudden they, uh, you know, don't have that. Uh, they, they can't keep themselves sort of upright on the on the surface, or they've got a bit of a leaky mask, or they they, they don't know how to duck dive, and there's, there's lots of things that go on that you, you just learn over the years, and uh, yeah, it just becomes second nature. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not easy. I did it that one time, and. Um uh, it, just even getting down to, I wasn't even in that deep of water. Mm. So just watching guys that get down, you know, mm. insanely deep and going down and holding their breath, you know, they're sitting on the bottom for a minute and a half. Yeah. I'm guessing a minute and a half. So yeah. Half's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, just yeah, sitting on definitely. the bottom waiting. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, like we were talking before, I was chasing strongies around. I couldn't even get close to a strongie. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was lucky enough to get a flathead, but they just lay pretty still on the bottom, yeah. you know. So yeah. uh, that's a good find. That's a good find. Yeah. I was pretty stoked. Well, I've, it's flathead though. They're they're um they're sometimes a bit of a tricky species. You, you got to know. I mean, sometimes you get the ones that will sit there and and they they just really think they're kind of large and they've got no idea that you know you're looking at them. But other ones, you know, you'll you'll think, yeah, they're not going to move. They're not going to move, and you'll think you'll be able to go up there and just almost jab them with your gun. <laughs> And in the last minute, they're they're gone. Yeah, you know, like trying to work out and, and read that behaviour of the fish. Like sometimes when they see you, they'll sit up a little bit. You know, they'll they'll just move just slightly up, and that's when you know that you've got to you got to take the shot. But yeah, yeah this flathead must have been the stupidest <laughs> flathead around to let me get close to it. But I, I dived down and yeah, pretty much put the gun on its head and pulled the trigger right between the eyes uh, and just c- completely stoned it. You know, <laughs> sure it wasn't already dead. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> Uh, that's good. Yeah, I've, I've actually uh, one of my first flathead that I got. I um, 
I had my gun. I had my gun laying on it. I, yeah. I was picking up crabs or something. You know, going <laughs> bloody having a battle with a, with a big blue swimmer. And that's I actually go, really fun. Um, grabbing them. I, I went out with the kids and the wife to the beach, and I just chucked a couple crab nets in, mm. and you know, chest height. And I brought my snorkeling gear and just were, I was picking them up and measuring them that way. Oh, yeah. they're, they're pretty difficult to yeah, to get underwater. Yeah. Pick them up. Yeah, especially yeah. when you don't have gloves on. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like holding them down and then like grabbing them and trying to measure them underwater. <laughs> yeah, that's no, good fun. I don't mind that. It's a yeah, local local fella as well. Um, it's a YouTube channel EJC Adventures, and uh, yeah, he started off doing that. He's, He's a, got the little um tong things now, doesn't he? The little yeah, wire grabber might use them. Yeah, it's just honestly once you, it's just easier to get them with your hands. Yeah. but you, you gotta. How I get them is I dive down and you try to grab both claws at yeah. the same time. If you miss one, and the, the other claw is probably going to get your thumb or something. They're so, pretty quick, but yeah, no, that is it is good fun, and um, and uh, yeah, you can do it on like there's no uh, laws with with that. You're not with Metro gun. Beach, yeah, yeah. So there's plenty of places you can do it. So yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely a bit of a laugh. Um, but yeah, anyway, the, the, going back to the the, the gear, um. So knife, knife obviously is essential. Um, it's a safety and also important to dispatch um, yeah, fish with straight away. Um, free diving fins. So there's a there's a couple of different fins um, that most people sort of use. Um, you got like composite ones and then carbon fiber ones. Uh-huh. They look pretty much the same. Carbon fiber, are a little apparently a little bit more delicate. I trashed the hell out of mine and <laughs> haven't had any issues, but. Um, yeah, they, they cost an arm and a leg, but they're worth it because you can just swim, 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 swim. You know, you can get those six hours um, in and not feel as exhausted as if you were using little little plastic, little swimmer pool ones. But, uh, but yeah, and, and free diving watch, that's another one. Torch, um, looking under those ledges. You know, in South Australia, we get a fair few, um, like, ledge, ledge fish, so... Like Rockling, yeah, um, they're, they're one of them that you might you might be able to see them without a torch. Craze torch too, helps craze, see, yeah. see you guys get onto a fair few craze, and our mutual yeah. friend Rob, he he <laughs> seems to get a fair few decent craze. Yeah, uh, we're pretty pretty lucky in SA with in various spots for uh, for crayfish and reliably get a get a good feed. So yeah, we're allowed to use snares as well, which is. Um, it's a bonus. You can't use it in Vic, uh, Victoria. So what's a snares, what's so. a snare for crayfish? Oh, so a snare is um, they, they might be you know a meter, meter and a half. Those super long ones, yeah. but basically it's like a it's like a noose. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's a long long pole with a bit of wire sticking out at the end of it, and um, you can close the noose with the handle at the uh, at your end of it, and you try to get it behind yeah. the uh, the craze on their tail and and snare them. You pull them out, and yeah, you can you can get it over the horns with various snares as well. There's some that allow that, that close they, enough. And, they and they tuck themselves yeah. in pretty well, pretty yes. tight to those oh, rocks, yeah. don't they? Yes, I've heard they, some stories of people getting in there nice and tight and trying to pull them out, and just yeah. no luck whatsoever. Especially mm. amateur guys who have not much clue stumbling across them. So mm. yeah, well, yeah, I spent hours trying to get. Uh, I was down down at southeast and trying to get down out of the out of ledge and it just gave us nothing <laughs> hours we're just diving 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 and you know trying different angles we had two of us working this thing and trying to like get the actual snare and just push it out or like scoop it out <laughs> with your 
you know, with the arse end of your speed gun, like, and it just wouldn't budge. Like they are, they are so strong for the for the small size they are. They're a solid little they, thing. Yeah, they just lock themselves. But in. man, man, are they tasty? That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what type of spear fishing clubs are in South Australia? So, we've um, we've uh, we got one active club at the moment, um, Golf Skin Divers. So that's the only only club, and. Um, yeah, we've been uh, around for well, since two thousand and eighteen, so relatively new. I think we got about a uh, hundred or so members yep. at the moment. It kind of fluctuates a little bit year to year. You get people coming on the scene and um, sort of and disappearing pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's such a such a social um, you know hobby, spearfishing, and um, even in the competitive side, you know, even at like national levels. Um, it's uh, it's real real social and it's uh, like a spearfishing club is the, the, the quickest way to um, you know fine tune those skills and you, you join up to a spearfishing club and like instantly you've got access to information from people that have worked it out for combined those how many years. So but, uh, how did guys in South Australia find? Find the club. Good old Facebook. Facebook. Facebook's the way to go. Yeah. What about other other states in Australia? What's Facebook? Just search your area, or yeah. The, um, is there a the, national organisation or there is? I think uh, it got put on. There'll be uh, Australian Underwater Federation. I, I haven't actually looked, but I'm pretty sure they would have a list of sort of clubs there. Yeah. Um, Noob Spiro, um, which she does uh, podcasts. When I was telling you about it the other day, and um, uh-huh. yeah, he has a, I think a list of clubs as well. I'm pretty sure on his website, oh, so but uh, yeah, he has a website or yeah, Insta. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got a website. So, on that. so what's what's his Insta? You'd probably know his noob or, noob Spiro, noob yeah. Spiro, and double right. O B yeah. Spiro, yeah. Um, but yeah, he interviews uh, people world, worldwide, and yeah. So, so if uh, you're interested in spear fishing, check that out, and. Um, yeah, find your local club. That yeah. seems to be your best way to get into it. And learn your learn your spots and learn yes. your safety stuff. And but yeah, it's it. Uh, we we run we run a heap of um, social events. Um, yeah, not just like you got the competitive side. Even even at the, the competitive side, as I said, like, it's, it's really friendly. You know, like you, you can go there and you can compete against the best divers in yeah. in Australia, Southern Australia. And you can also go there and just have a bit of a, a swim around, a bit of a laugh, and yeah, a few drinks, and yeah, it, do some cook ups and stuff as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, yeah, we do, we do. I don't heaps feel like eating seafood, and I've been <laughs> handling it all day. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, that's just that's just me. But yeah, we do 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 the odd uh, odd cook ups back at camp and stuff. But um, yeah, we, you know, we did we do done a few beach cleanups and things as well. Um, uh, we might do like. Uh, just a gear night at the start of the season where everyone sort of gets their gear gear ready or whatever. Um, show people how to, how to tie different knots and all that sort of, uh, all the boring stuff, but necessity. So, yeah, nice. there's a range of stuff that we do. So if anyone is um, thinking about jumping on board or getting into the scene a bit, then that's the way to go. How regular are meetups or monthly? We, we or? try to do it. We yeah. try to do it monthly. Some things are weather dependent, but yeah. Um, yeah, we try to do it this year on then bloody... COVID, of course. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we try to do it this year uh, once a month, I think. Yeah, um, nice. So, yeah, we got the uh, York's Classic coming up. 
Um, I should know the date because I'm organising it. <laughs> Mid-March, I think, in a few weeks. We've also got a, a Metro comp. Yeah, nice. Um, which is the first time that's been run in years. Um, so I'm not involved in uh, organising that, but uh, Dave Schofield's your man for that. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, have a look. It's all, all on all on uh, Facebook anyway if anyone needs to reach out. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So someone getting into spearfishing, what's your number one tip? Um, probably to get down to the bottom. Well, it's probably the most common thing that I see new guys not do. It, even, even, I wouldn't even class them as new divers, but got mates of mine that I'm just like, dude, get to the bottom. Like, <laughs> hit that bottom, you know, like, put your tummy on the bottom and sit there. Like, it, it, it does two things for you. Like, it, it allows you to see the um, the shapes of the fish a lot easier because you don't have the something behind them. You yeah. Know, you're, they're just sort of, you're looking up at them almost a little bit. So they stand out a bit more. And also, you sit on, if you're down at the bottom, you don't look as big, you don't look like a threat, like, fish will come up to you. Yeah. You know, it's not, right, it's not quite that easy, but, <laughs> you know, it, it'll come up to you a lot, a lot quicker anyway, so hit Well, you bottom. look like a predator coming down from above yeah, more so than coming up. That is like all it is. If you, if you can, if someone can be, you know, if you're getting into sport and you, and, and, and you can be really aware about your movements and like what you look like, yeah, um, you'll be a gun diver real quick. Because you, you so is slow it a, down, a lot and, of slow movements, yeah. just Even, nice and slow. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, really slow down. It'd be the same as same as hunting, really. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? I mean, well, when you think you're going slow, go slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. But um, yeah, slow down, hit the bottom, and um, it, I, I head movements as well was a big one. I get myself caught out a little bit with that. You know, I look back footage and I think, what the heck am I doing? Just you know, looking around like going, doo, 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 doo. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of fish that if you snap your head and you look, you know, to, straight at them, yeah. um, they, they're going like snappers, snapper, we can't take them now. Got another Unfortunately. Year, yeah, yeah. year on the band. So, um, but yeah, you, that, the way I've uh, targeted them, I've found that not, looking at them you know you, you dive down you see the fish and like look away do yeah. not make eye contact or like look through your fingers <laughs> legit look yeah. through your fingers because they will see your eyes some people wear like tinted masks and yeah, stuff wow. as well and um yeah they'll they'll you know perceive you as not much of a threat and come up and what's this you know <laughs> intense so, intense yeah it's a what about top five beginner items i think you covered majority of that just before yeah um, fit the mask, so get get a decent mask. It's a must. Uh, warm, wetty, as well. Now we run uh, most most of us run five mil um, open cell wetsuits. Yeah, it's just a type of wetsuit. It is open cell or closed cell. So open cell, it's the one that requires a bit of lube to get in. So um, yeah, fit a mask, warm wetsuit. That will you know, like if you're warm, yeah, you're, you're gonna be a lot more relaxed, comfortable. In the water. Yeah. Your movements are gonna be more natural. You'll be able to stay in the water longer. Like it, yeah, it's hard work when you're in cold water. You just it like takes your breath away. Definitely. So I can see why wearing a warmer wetsuit will um, yeah. help out. Yeah, for sure. The um, other thing as well, which 
I do see new people not doing as much as I'd probably like, but to dive flag and a float. Yeah. You know, one Safety that allows you, just, yeah, allows you to be seen. Um, also, you get a bit exhausted, you can hold on to it. And so is there any regulations on what type of flag or float or yeah, whatever you have to... Flag there is. Yeah. Um, just to, I don't know what it's actually called. I don't even know. I can't even picture it in my head. I just know it's <laughs> red. Uh, it's a uh, blue and... Blue and white, yep. so half half, I think. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, that's pretty standard across. Um, it's a pretty Australia standard Nord- wide I think. nautical, isn't? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think there's almost, like two types yeah. of flags. Of American ones, a red one with a white stripe through or something. I think, but uh, yeah, ours are the uh, the blue and white ones. So if you see a blue and white one, um, slow down. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty important for new new divers and um, weight belts. Another one I see people mess mess up with. Uh, not not wear one at all, you know. If you got a wetsuit on, you're you're buoyant and yes, yeah. especially someone like me with a little bit of a gut, you're pretty buoyant. <laughs> <laughs> buoyant. <laughs> I can see why a weight belt would be necessary. <laughs> can you go too heavy, or is yeah. it done on body mass? Or um, everyone's a little bit different. Yeah, you know, your, your makeup, your um, how much muscle versus fat, etc. But um, typically, you want to you want to be um. To test it out, you, you you put your weight on. It's a little bit a little bit of trial and error. Put your weight belt on as much as you think you might need, and um, go upright in the in the water column, um, and exhale out. Take a big breath out, and uh, you generally, as far as I'm aware, I'm not a free dive instructor. <laughs> I haven't actually looked into this for a while, but pretty sure I'm right. Anyway, you, you, you take a breath out, and and you want the water level to be like at your at your mouth yeah some people might say uh, you know your, your top lip or bottom lip or yeah. whatever but it's around there you, basically the end of it is you want to be still buoyant if you got no air in you it's yeah. a safety thing you know you, you you have a blackout or something under the water which is our biggest risk for yeah, actually uh listen to a, one of the podcasts my wife listens to life uncut um and they had um a widow of a um, of a spear fisher who died um, Queensland year and a half two years ago uh, from yeah. I can't remember his name he was a snowboarder or a skier or something yeah famous dude but yeah that's mm. that's what happened to him he had he blacked out underwater and belt maybe too heavy and just yeah. sunk it, it's um it's definitely our biggest uh, risk you know people think oh sharks shark, sharks yeah. Um, Especially recent times, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, blackouts a real, real risk for us, and not so much at, at beginners. Um, I mean, anyone can black out, but yeah. it's it's typically more of a risk with those that have uh, been in the sport for uh, you know a couple of years, or whatever. Really starting to push their depth, push their limits, and um, yeah, sometimes they just just get it wrong. So. Um, unfortunately, that's that's anything. But you're probably more likely to die in a car accident heading or coming coming home from a spear fishing trip than you know something bad happening in the water. Yeah, that's it. But uh, yeah, it's always good to have a have a dive buddy though. Yeah, so if shit happens, and yeah, there was a um a bloke just recently. It it uh, didn't get sort of put onto mainstream um the Facebook groups or anything. Yeah. But uh, a mate of mine. Um, pulled him up from the bottom. He had actually had a had a blackout when they were going for crayfish. Yeah, wow. And uh, yeah, he's he's really really lucky to be alive. 
um, you know, he, he, heaps of things sort of worked in his favour in the end. Um, but yeah, he uh, just just got it wrong. He went down, I think, um, to go get a crayfish uh, under a ledge and uh, like a cave sort of yeah. set up, and got, I think got a little bit disorientated with the entry and exit. Yeah, took the wrong wrong turn, and um, yeah, actually uh, struggled a bit and come up to the surface, and that's sort of all he remembers is seeing the surface above him, and yeah, then uh, he obviously sunk down and. Couple of minutes had passed. I think they worked out it was like two and a half minutes or something. Yeah, wow. Um, which uh, yeah, you wouldn't want it to be any any longer. No. But, uh, yeah, the mate of mine just saw him on the on the bottom and saw bubbles first. I think actually, yeah, just sort of coming up from the surface and thought, "What is he doing, blowing bubbles?" That's yeah. insane, man. That's yeah. insane. That's something we're very fortunate to not encounter on dry land when we're out <laughs> hunting. You know, it's, it's it's not something you think of. You know, yeah. it's. A whole another le- another level, that's for sure. Mm. So, speaking of that, what uh, challenges can you face when starting out spearfishing? Um, everything looks bigger. That's probably yeah. that's probably the um, another sort of common one that yeah, people people report. Because with spearfishing, you have to keep within the limits and the size limits. Yep. So all the same regulations apply. Have how do you keep within that? Because sometimes it's a centimetre, sometimes, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, we can we decide what we're going to take. Yeah. And, you know, you, you see a school of whiting in front of you. Um, you know, you, you're not heap sure about some of them in the school. You just, just get the get the biggest one. So it, do, it does allow a little bit more selective yeah. hunting in that respect. But... Um, Generally, at the start, we just encourage people just to take those fish that don't have the minimum sizes. You know, a lot of people start on strongies anyway, yeah. so <laughs> go, go, uh, measure a couple of those bad boys up and see what they go. And yeah, it, it really it really doesn't take as long as what a lot of people think. I mean, so is there anything that you can look under water and use as like a size, like anything on your gun or yeah, on we, your hand? Or we have uh, it, it's it's a hard one though because usually by the time. You know, you've we, we have stickers on our on our yeah. guns. You know that run the length. Our, our guns in South Australia are generally, um, you know, ninety centimeters to to a meter sort of yeah. like length gun. And um, yeah, we run it run a sticker that uh, runs that length and you know has all the centimeters on there. So yeah, I mean, by the time you hold that up at a fish, it's shrink by it's, it's uh, well not you know you, the fish generally come in and then they're gone you know you just like Wait, hold up hold up yeah. I gotta I gotta I gotta measure you for a sec. It has happened with uh, with kingfish. Yeah, um, a couple of little little kingfish were, were swimming by and, and a couple of times where like, the small ones sometimes are pretty inquisitive. Yeah. you know you can have something shiny or something <laughs> and they keep coming in and there are a few times where I've been like. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, it, it it does does get easier the whole the whole big big fish small fish kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, it's not as much of a, a a challenge as what those that haven't done it um, do perceive. So, and an ID fish is another one. Yeah. Yeah, you see that with lion fishermen too. Yeah. Like it's a, a, every yeah. South Australian fishing page, <laughs> it's probably like an Australia and even worldwide. Yeah. Can somebody ID this? Yeah. What's this fish? What's yeah. this? It'll be on there, like, and there'll be like the thirty. Or yeah. something. <laughs> there'll, there'll be thirty different answers of what it is. <laughs> oh, like it's, 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 uh, it's yeah, it's always a bit of a laugh there. What what people comment on there? Like I, I think it's spearfishmen are um, generally. I'm probably a bit biased saying this, but we're generally a lot 
a lot better ID in fish because we're we have that opportunity. It's a to specific. Do that. It's a specific thing. You're going down there to do it, where yeah. anyone can pick up a rod and line and just yeah. go fishing. Like it's, yeah, yeah. And we see a lot more, more generalized. Yeah, yeah. And we see a lot more fish as yeah. well as in like what you catch on line. There's not, you know, there's plenty of fish that we'll see down there that yeah. minos just hardly ever see. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Our, our ID, fish ID is um, is is usually pretty good um, with. Uh, yeah, spear fishermen. So, yeah, that's uh, that's something you want to be a little bit mindful of. We, luckily in SA, we don't have. Um, I mean, obviously you got to know the ID for the minimum size. Yeah, you got to have that in your mind. If if you're not sure, don't shoot it. Yeah, do not shoot it. I'm I'm sick of seeing people. Um, it happens with line fishermen as well, but but people taking home fish. Um, and then asking like what what it is like that just grows. It happens with hunting too. Someone will shoot a deer and they'll be like, uh, "Can someone tell me what species of deer this is?" And it's like, "Well, you should know what species it is before you pull the trigger." Like <laughs> before you even bloody go out. We've yeah. got six species of deer in Australia. Like it's not that hard to work it out. So you know, and there's probably you know a good couple hundred species of fish you can take in South Australian waters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always always a bit of a giggle. What um, about like breath? How do people work on their their breath when they're starting out? Yeah, that's some. You know, people ask, oh, "How do I hold my breath for longer? How do you how do you do it?" Um, you know, most most of our diving in SA is is pretty shallow. Yeah, you get some epic fish in shallow, yeah. like really good fish, um, and you don't actually need to hold your breath as long as what a lot of people realise. Yeah, so don't get too caught up. So what kind of depths are you mainly fishing at? Um, 90% of my diving will be um, under 10 metres of yep. water. Um, probably even a large portion of that will be um, yeah, under under even 5 metres. Yeah, wow. I, I do enjoy a lot of um, shallow water stuff. Um, Is it but, more difficult in shallow water? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. It's it's different. It's, I wouldn't say one's more difficult than the other. Don't want to stir the pot between <laughs> the, the deep divers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you might hunt fish differently. Like you know, if you if you're uh, like King George Whiting, everyone knows King George Whiting, and um, they're they're quite a small, uh, long fish. Um, so they are hard to. Spear, you know, it's not like you're shooting a big They're pretty sand, flatty, weedy area. Yeah, but you know, you can get them in in knee deep water yeah. in certain areas. You can get them in um, twenty plus meters of water. Yeah. And how you target them, how you behave, how you approach them will vary depending on the depth as well. So you know, it's, I personally find fish in in like that three meter depth is really hard because yeah. you. You kind of can't shoot them from the surface, but then you go to dive, like, and and you're that close to them when you dive down that they just screwed off anyway. It's yeah. that stuck in the middle zone that's uh, that's difficult. But yeah, breath hold. Um, it's it's a it's something that I think is uh, over focused on to get to get good at your breath hold. Just just dive. But again, it comes down to being relaxed. You know, if you're what I've heard is you can hold your breath longer than you think you can when you first start. That first oh, kind of yeah. like gasping for air, like you can still get 
quite a bit more yeah. Yeah. out of that than what you think. Like, you don't need that air straight away. Is that pretty yeah. accurate? Yeah. It's, it's um, again, I'm not a freediving instructor. I haven't even done a freediving course. Yeah. Um, but my knowledge of it is that our desire to, our urge to breathe comes from um, a build-up of CO2 yeah. rather than oxygen. Oxygen is the stuff that feeds our, yeah. you know, our, our our blood with the stuff to keep us awake in the water, yeah. you know, so we don't black out. But, uh, yeah, for newer divers, when you're moving around lots, you know, you're, you're not doing much for a nice relaxed breathe up. You know, your CO2 levels are going to probably be higher, so therefore that's telling you breathe, 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 when yeah. actually don't you still actually got heaps of supply of oxygen so yeah it's it's um yeah, a little, little bit more complicated than that i think but uh i was listening yeah, to yeah, something on breath the other day and like the longest what underwater breath hold i can't remember what it was called but it was like 22 minutes or something like that's yeah that's insane yeah a lot of people will be like oh i can i can hold my breath for, for two minutes easily. Yeah. you know like me, me personally i've never I've, I've I've hit two minutes on a small number of occasions. I don't I don't push my yeah breath hold too much. I just don't need to. But um, you know, but people sit there on their lounge chair and be like, "Yep, two minutes." You know, and and, and they think yep, that's going to allow them to die yeah. two minutes in the water. There is so much more going. You're on. You're moving there. like I can do a you know two and a half laps of a pool underwater, mm. like or just a standard like backyard swimming pool. You yeah, know? like yeah. In, in ground type thing. You know, but. Yeah. Like even even that, like you're moving around a fair bit, and you're like, on that last bit, you're like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, doesn't translate when you're hunting. And yeah. You see those fish, and your heart rate goes up. Like I remember my my first good snapper that I got, and um, we were on York Peninsula. I, was, I had my my girlfriend out. She hadn't been diving yeah. that much. She uh, she spearfishes with me, and um, she, she I, I had this uh, area that was. Burling up um, fish sea urchins or something, and um, all these fish started coming in. We're only in like two meters of water, and uh, didn't really see too much. So we wanted to take, and and I'm swimming off, and she's calling me back, and she's like, "I just saw a fish. It looked like a brim, but it had blue spots on it." <laughs> and at that stage, like, you know, I really wanted to get a good snapper, yeah. and I'm thinking, "Oh, she she don't know, buddy." Like she's probably just a drummer or something, you know. So I like brushed it off. Yeah. Then she was like, "No, I'm, it was a, it was bigger. Like I'm I'm sure of it." So and I went back and burly up the spot a little bit, left it for like half an hour. She then got out, and I went back to that spot. And sure enough, there was a couple of good sized snapper there. Yeah, wicked. And uh, I shot one, and I got that bloody excited. Like my heart rate was going, and. Uh, I don't have asthma, but I felt like I had asthma. I was out in the water. I was so excited. And I couldn't breathe. And this other snapper was like swimming around. And all I had to do was just relax enough so I could just dive down. You couldn't. And I couldn't. I was that excited. Like, you know, it just goes to show that. So we call that in hunting, like you shoot a, a deer, first of species, whatever, big buck, mm. big goat, big pig. We call that buck fever pretty much. Do you guys have a word as, like as that in, for it? As in when you get. That excited, that excited. You're, you're shaking like it's it's buck Before fever. you shoot or after you both, shoot? man. Like yeah, <laughs> there's there's people that I've known that couldn't shoot a deer because they were that like that, just yeah. shaking and yeah. excited. Like it's the same. <laughs> yeah, we, what, we don't have a word for it. Nah. But, uh, 
definitely yeah. happens. We, we call it buck fever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, it's it's an odd one because you know the, the, the build up to it, and I'm sure it'd be the same with hunting. Yeah. You, you are trying to calm yourself down as much as as much as possible, but then sometimes yeah, you you it's like a switch goes off and you see what you've been after for knows oh, how that, many hours and days. It, it and relates to hunting, man. Like I've like sometimes you're hiking to a top of the hill for goats or whatever and you get up the top and you see something you want to shoot and your heart's still pumping and you're trying to like especially bow hunting, you're trying mm. to you know, like you draw back and you're just trying to control your breathing, stop shaking, stop you know, catch yeah. your breath, get it under control. And I'm sure it'd be exactly the same, but you can't Definitely you can't take a deep breath in while you're underwater, <laughs> you know, like I think it probably works in our favour because we're we're already like we've already brought ourselves down to that that a lot more relaxed level, you know. Like, and then you see the see yeah. the fish. Whereas, I don't know for hunting, maybe you you see it, and then you've got to bring yourself down. So that, that excitement when you shoot a big fish or first of a species or whatever um, in hunting, it can translate to lots of different emotions. Some people are over the moon, they're screaming, that like with joy, they're yeah. happy. Some people cry. Like mm. I've been with, you know, grown men that just break down in tears. Oh, yeah. Like, do you get that spear fishing or I, like? Uh, I haven't heard of anyone reporting it too much. Yeah, but, I mean, there's people out there that will cry when they get their fish. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't seen it with my mates. They probably wouldn't want to cry <laughs> anyway. To be fair, like, but uh, my but my um, I shot a uh, eight, eight and a half kilo snapper. Yeah. That was my, my biggest by far that I've uh, ever got. And it's a big snapper. Yeah, it was. They're so challenging when they get that big. And um, I'd been after a big snapper for so long. Did he have like the big mound on his head or the big knob? Yeah, he wasn't too knobby, but no. um, yeah, the, the the just the pure size of it was just like awesome. And um, yeah, I got to the surface and I was like, I like wanted, I was like crying, but nothing was coming out. Yeah, you know? it was just that that build up of so many dives, so many you know hours. And it's hours and it's hours. weird experiences, man. Like hunting, like I've I've cried myself when I've shot stuff. Like yeah. it's like you just get a rush of different emotions mm. that come, like excitement and time. Like it just all builds into it. Yeah, yeah. It comes out different ways. Like I said, I've, you know, I've gone out with you know thirty five, forty year old guys that just burst into tears when they've shot something like it's <laughs> it's, it's funny but people handle yeah i can i can certainly understand and people like Stephen ranella from the meat eater podcast he says like things with eyebrows like people yeah. don't react like that with fish because they don't have yeah. eyebrows or eyelashes you know yeah. where you know mammals yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's a i've um so I've, i haven't done much hunting at all yeah. um personally I'm keen to definitely keen to get into it, but uh, we'll have to get you out for a for a deer or something. I'm 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 keen I'm keen to learn here yeah, for sure. Do some Good. venison with some crayfish, yeah. some surf and turf. I had, to, <laughs> I had venison last night actually. Nice. Yeah, so I made mine, dropped us some. Although I did look at the bag. How long does that last for? That was from like doesn't that's April uh, or yeah. something last year. Oh, that's that's, that's right. I've got stuff in from two three yeah, right. ruts ago. Like it's yeah. It's pretty hard in stuff yeah, if you seal tastes, it right. Tastes good, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm keen to keen to get into it for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that fish. That's what I was going to say. I'm glad that fish don't look 
that shit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like the, the slimy, stinky things. And I think I think that's one thing that I personally will struggle with. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure most hunters are animal lovers as well. But uh, yeah, the, when something's something's a bit cute and fluffy, it's a different it's, experience. <laughs> Everyone like you know, there's no way in hell you'd go out with a rod and reel and pulling a deer on a treble hook or you know with barbs and stuff on it but every, every other person's fine with it for fishing you know yeah. it's yeah you know. and i it's it is a yeah it's one of those things in it that i think a lot of people um sort of overlook a lot of those a lot of those things we, we, we just as humans i think place value on certain yeah lives and animals over over others 100 percent at the end of the day i do it yeah, you probably do it. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, but you got to remind yourself, don't you? Like just because you know, there's fish out there that taste good, and that, but they look they look like they're stunning fish. You know, they look pretty, and you don't want to. A lot of people out there don't don't shoot them, but you know, it's like why though? They're in yeah. they're in plenty plentiful numbers. It tastes good. It's, it's it's sustainable. You know why? Why do we why do we do that? Yeah, so much, it's you know? same with animals, man. Like mm. we value dogs over, mm. you know. <laughs> it's yeah. some countries eat dogs, and, but we value them more because we see them as a pet. You know, mm. majority of the population wouldn't eat a dog if it was life or death. You yeah. know, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all it's all meat. It's all edible. Mm. You know, depends how hungry you are. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's some spearfishing adequate for the people getting in? Um, it says, so it's kind of like I suppose two two parts to it. You got etiquette with um, other divers and yep. just the scene in general and then you've got like etiquette with um, you know, other ocean users um, so other other fishermen and you know boaties and whatnot but uh, the et- etiquette between like other divers um, I think everyone everyone does it you, you get it in hunting as well is where yep. they'll be like oh where, where do you go where's your spot so yeah. You know, yeah tell me that spot that you've, yep. you've spent Hundreds and hundreds of hours working out yourself. Tell me how. All to too get, well. <laughs> tell me where are the deer. Put them in front. Put me in front of the deer. Yeah, yeah. and and it's it's um, it's just it's just a no no. You know, with, with spear fishing and fishing yeah. in general, just ask for tips. Yeah. Ask for tips, but don't don't ask for spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, definitely another thing is is, I think it's just like common sense. But yeah, pay your way. You know, there's there's a, a lot of people out there that. Jump in your boat, you take them out all day, and they don't even, they don't even buy your lunch. You know, yeah. you stop for lunch on the way home, and they split it, and it's like, come on, yeah. Okay. So similar, yeah. similar type of things with it seems a lot of a lot of things with hunting and spear fishing are very, very much mm. definitely, and um, spots as well, like respecting other people's. Spots. Um, Don't go back to a spot without asking yeah. if someone's taken you there and shown yeah. you. It sounds like it's the exact, yeah. exact same. Like me personally, if someone someone shows me, like takes me to a spot, or even just tells me about a spot, as long yeah. as you're not talking like a, just a, a generalized area. Yeah. They're like, "Yep, go to this spot, get these fish, whatever." Specific rock, reef, yep. all of that type of. Do not go back there without them or without asking them. Yeah, yet, like. Yeah, people just—it astounds me how um, numb people are yeah. to that. Yeah, it's it's the same, and it's even worse here because it's private property for hunting. Mm. You know, it's you take someone out, and then 
you get a phone call from the property owner saying, hey, such Mate's and such art is back here asking if they can come out. Like That's cheeky, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit different in the ocean because no one really owns it. Yeah, yeah. That That is a bit of a tricky thing is that yeah, people have, I suppose, a little bit of the attitude or you don't, you don't own, the, yeah. own the spot, but it's like, well, you're all that, but... Had no idea it was there if I didn't guide. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Just like just thing. ask. Yeah. The majority of the time, you'd probably say, "Yeah, go yeah. ahead." Like, yeah. Yeah. but you know, someone goes back there without asking you after you've taken them out there. It kinda, yeah. it's a, it's a weird feeling. Like you feel yeah. used and yeah. hurt and a hundred percent. If like you, it's if, a, if anyone ever um, does that to me, like you know, especially the spot thing, it you write them off pretty quick, eh? So quick. It's like yeah. One one mistake like that, and it's just like, yep, you know, I'm not I'm not taking you out again. I'm not giving you any tips. Like, yeah, I don't know, it's a bit, bit hard like that. Just just because I I wouldn't do it. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's know. that's the same. What about boating etiquette? Um, etiquette. Yeah the, the the current rules in SA is to like you have to have a dive float. Yeah, when you're in the water. And you've got to be within 30 metres of the dive float. Um, boats can come within that distance, but if they're 50 metres or closer to you, they have to do below four knots. Yep. Pretty sure that's what the current rules are. But, you know, it is advised that if you don't have to come within that distance, then, then don't. So, I mean, it can go both ways. Yeah. Boating etiquette is, you see someone spearfishing, don't don't come that close to them. You yeah, know, exactly. You know, close calls you, Props are uh, oh. not something you want to fuck around no. with, that's for sure. That's, well I've, yeah. I've seen some some pretty gruesome photos flying mm. around the net, uh, the net of people that have come too close to yeah. divers. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look look fun, that's for sure. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, just respect it, you know. Yeah. And, and the other way as well, you know, if you see someone fishing a spot as a as a diver, don't 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 go there. Don't you know? pull up you your boat next to them and start yeah, diving yeah. under their burly slick. Yeah. <laughs> start Tuna. pulling on their line. <laughs> Tuna is a difficult one though because um, uh, in in South Australia here we get um yeah, bluefin and there's not that many divers yeah. that have worked them out. We definitely haven't. You know, we've landed a few. Yeah, I'd have to say your photos of you guys spearing tuna that you posted up the other day on your Insta, that's probably the first tuna I've seen, I've seen personally yeah, speared yeah. in, in South Australia. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah, we, we haven't actually landed more than one tuna on the yeah. boat before, so it was good that we all got on them. Yeah, no, that's, um, that was sick. So, yeah, but it, the etiquette... With tuna fishing, even a lot of the line fishermen, yeah. you know, there's there's like this whole go around the bait rules. school. Yeah. Some people could just go straight through the middle of the school, yeah. like it's yeah. it's you watch the yeah. tuna page over tuna season, which what what tuna season starts what and mid December and yeah. runs through to like mid March, yeah, the tail much. end, yeah, yeah. in. You know, you off, get of, off of Victor Harbour, yeah, um, yeah, Cape Jervis, and yeah, it's just every day. Like, yeah. who, who, who was this person that went straight <laughs> through the <laughs> through the school? It is absolutely like, like, the, uh, like we we were when a we lot were of cowboys, there, oh, so many. <laughs> we were out there, um, 
So last trip was a good one. We, we landed fish. The trip before that, we didn't. Yeah. Um, we did probably close to like 200 k's in a boat, like just all day, just driving Nuts. around, driving around and trying to look for birds and, um, you know, sunning schools and stuff. And, and uh, we, we, we come across this, this area that had some boats on it. And uh, it was obvious that they, you know, there was going to be tuna around or whatever. And yeah. no one was moving. Everyone was just still just like floating. There. People would have been about a dozen boats. And the next thing, like these birds stop dropping, start drop, dropping in the distance, and uh, it was close to us. So yeah. like we, we were like the second boat there. We weren't going to jump in, but we were kind of just there seeing what was going on, you know. I mean, it's tempting to jump in, but I bet. But then we turned around behind us, and all the, those like dozen other boats are just, just like hammer it just straight for the school. And it was like, you know, there, there might be one boat that's going to land a fish here, you know, but they all driving over it and, and there's just no all got with them. all lures out like that would be pretty trippy like trying to dive in a school and yeah we you've yeah. got got lures <laughs> flinging past <laughs> your head like pretty much we we don't approach uh, we will not dive in a school um that has uh boats yeah linos already on it do you have a spotter on your boat usually yeah always watches? always yeah. have um boaties. we usually run two in the boat yeah so one one's purely a driver, the other one helps with gear, yeah. throws pillies out, um, and then two in the water. That's that's what we typically would do. But yeah, if, if someone's there's a school, there's a, you know, an awesome bust up yeah. happening, but there's a one boat on it, we won't dive it. Yeah, and that's but unfortunately, safety. Yeah, it, it's safety, and it's um, when we spear tuna in particular, you know, they might dive down a bit deeper. Yeah, so I don't know whether that would affect then if Lino's catching, but. It's mainly a safety thing, but unfortunately, it doesn't doesn't go the other way. Yeah, you know what I mean. If Lino see us on a on a school, um, and there's a bust up happening near us or so fish on would, the surface, if there was any guys that fish that tuna run, is there any advice you could give them to keep an eye out for spearos and what they could do? Typically, we're only we're going in the better days yeah because um, you want that visibility there so um you know usually it's pretty obvious that when you're in the water we're not tucked behind big yeah. big swell like we don't usually go out on those yeah. days but um you know we'll, we'll all have a flag up on our boat yeah. you see that um blue and white flag if, we, if we're on fish i mean it would be good to be given some space yeah. um you know we won't jump in on your fish um but with that I, said i know a couple of guys that do hit the runs pretty hard. One yeah. of them runs a podcast. He listens to this. Shout out to James from Two Dads Fishing. Oh, yeah. um, he's probably good good bloke for you to have a chat to yeah. about it because yeah. he's got a got a good listening of of fishos. So yeah, but you know, if, if people kept their distance and worked the outside of the school yeah. like most linos, you know, would anyway, then it's just that sweet, fear of the one guy coming through the middle. Yeah. And yeah. It, yeah. it would not be fun getting hooked with a treble, as you. I don't imagine there, especially the speed some of those guys trawl through <laughs> it. Like it's. We, one year we had we had this school uh, on the surface. They were like sunning, and um, there's no birds. But yeah, the tuna were there. We we could see them, and uh, they were about 50 meters from the boat. We, we were just approaching them, about to jump in. We waited all day to find the tuna, <laughs> and there's this one boat. There's one yellow boat that's coming off in the distance, and we're thinking, he's not. He's not going to come that close to us. And just straight through the guys. Straight through the school. <laughs> we were waving our arms, waving the flag, nothing, you know, and yeah. It would be frustrating, things. that's for sure. Yeah. 
a zombie apocalypse weapon off mm. Gulf One. Yeah, and yeah, I was just to one of the other listeners the other day, so I did. I did have a bit of a think about it. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of weapons out there that wouldn't wouldn't be ideal, though. You know, you got kind of ones to rely on ammo. Spear gun um, wouldn't be great. <laughs> it wouldn't be great. No, you don't want to have to be uh, attached to the other end of that. But yeah, I reckon. I reckon I'd go with a with a, a big ass old probably like a spear thing, yeah. like a ten foot spear that you know you probably catch me up in a tree, like just javelin, jabbing just... down at him. You know, like you can keep the distance. You got unlimited ammo. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a difficult question that one. I don't think there's anything that's uh, that's perfect. It's fun. I'm a I'm a big zombie <laughs> nerd. Like I watch all the zombie movies and series and stuff. So what, what would you what would you go with? What, what's your? Uh, I've spoken about it before. I'm a big Walking Dead fan. Mm-hmm. I love it. Just for the shits and gigs, I'd go bow. A bow? Yeah. Would you? Fuck it. Why not? What about when you run out of arrows? It's a club. <laughs> <laughs> Just use it as a. <laughs> You always have knives. I've got knives. I've got tomahawks. I've got got all sorts of. You prepped. Yeah, you've yeah. You've, uh, <laughs> you've actually got a doomsday bolt or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's right underneath you. <laughs> what have you forgotten on a dive? I'm pretty. I'm pretty bloody good with. with I will pack generally like two days in advance, yeah. and then I'll quickly go over it again when I'm you know, when we're gonna leave. But the only thing that I reckon I forgot. Is um, seasickness tablets? Yeah, I get I get motion sick. Like it is it is nuts. It's not like, ideal to get motion sickness nah, when you hit. <laughs> not at all. When you when you're underwater. When when you, I've, I've been like ten meters down. Yeah. and I vomited on the bottom. Oh, and the no. first thing you do when you want to when you vomit is like you want to break. Yeah, you know, and, and and that that ten meter swim up to the surface. Not ideal, you know. And it, when I first started diving, it was every dive. It was it was every That's, dive like vomit. And, I and, I used to get really bad in cars. Like before, yeah. I moved up to the hills when I was younger. Just I'd go down, round a roundabout, and I'd get motion sickness. Yeah. Like that's how bad I used to get. Like it's. Do you, but do you still get it? Nah, nah. Grown out of it. Yeah, grown out of it. Um, at least you're underwater throwing up. There's a good belly yeah. sleep for you to fish, <laughs> man. <laughs> When uh, when we used when we first started diving and generally we'd spearfish, you know, like shoulder to shoulder sort of thing. It's a few times that I vomited and people are swimming around in it thinking, What the fuck is this? This barely all look at all these fish coming up and swimming around and be be yeah, in the lunch, but why do we have yeah. corn in our burly slick? <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, that's um it's it's pretty well if I don't have I, I have travel calm, travel yeah. calm. Coils don't really work for me, but uh, if I don't have that, like I'm, I'm you're a write off. I'm a write off, and it can be it can be a glassy day, like glass, glass, and no, that's insane. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an absolute necessity. So me forgetting that's uh, is that worse pretty than, common? Like people getting motion sickness no, and not, seasick. It's not uncommon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In in um in spoofing, um, I think. Probably more people might get affected by it when they're under the water compared to on the water. Yeah, wow. On top, because yeah, sometimes you'll be in months like seaweed. Yeah, kelp, and like you think you're moving one way, but you're not, and it's just the kelp moving, and yeah. then, and then it just like throws you off and like instantly like bleh, you know? Yeah, wow. 
that's that. that's not something I thought of getting <laughs> getting seasick underwater. Like no. I've always thought it was like just because the horizons moving. Mm. Like yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's not not fun. And the worst thing though about that is is after dive like they they zonk you out. Yeah, like you are wrecked afterwards. Just tired out. <laughs> Mate of mine, he doesn't. He's not heaps talkative when we're going. Yeah, but I think after dive because he's a bit more excited. Like he doesn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So on the way home, I'm just wanting to sleep, and he's just like me, me, me. It's just yeah, they they zonk you a bit, but yeah, that's it's hilarious. Just sacrifice it together. So what's take. what's your funniest spirit spear fishing experience or dive or um, funniest is it's uh, it was. It was a standout one here. It was um, it was a two day trip, with mate Alistair. Yeah, on a uh, on a jet ski, and uh, first part isn't really funny, but it kind of just adds to it. But long story short, we're coming home. We're off of um, Cleason's Landing. Yep, on, on York's here. No radio service or anything out there. I didn't didn't know, but do now. But ran out of fuel. No. I don't know how he ran out of fuel. Apparently, when he topped it up, it must have splashed back at him and said there was no fuel there. So it was getting later in the Arvo, and um, sun's coming down, and uh, we're I don't know, a couple of k's offshore or something. And the wind started to pick up, blowing us offshore. No. Like the anchor wasn't wasn't really yeah. doing too much of a job, and we're like, shit, we gotta we gotta go in. Either we we gotta swim swim in, and not try to swim this jet ski back. <laughs> And it's at the basic cliffs as well. There was no, there's no, yeah. you couldn't put, pull the bloody boat in there or we'll set off a flare and just hope that one of the boats like around the corner might see or yeah. something. Like heaps of people camping and stuff. Like someone will see it, surely. Decided, yeah, we'll set off a flare and like nothing happened. And we thought nothing happened anyway. And now uh, decided to swim this jet ski back in. It's getting pretty late and swam it all the way in, climbed up the cliff and we get up to the top of the cliff and uh, greeted by a, uh, a bunch of people. Um, <laughs> couple of coppers and yeah um, ranger and a few a few other people and, and uh he's asking like who you're right we got reports that there was a couple of people in the water i was like let's we just like, swim it back we just need to tow back and he goes if i can i can call off the police chopper then <laughs> like, the bloody police chopper was on its <laughs> no. way and i was like oh my god anyway we got towed back and um back by a couple of lads in a, in a in a tinny and yeah the next day um didn't tell them we ran out of fuel though. Like, you know, we just said oh, I was an engine issue. But uh, next day we um, went to go launch the jet ski again. You know, to try try again. And um, we were in shallow water like, near where they were all launching the boats, and the guys that towed us in are like next to us engineers, <laughs> right? And uh, we got out with our gear on on the jet ski, and uh, my mate's got his uh, kill switch on his um, life jacket. Yeah, the life jacket's hooked over the handles of the jet ski. And he goes, I'll start it up to warm it up. <laughs> so he starts, he starts his jet ski up, and and something's touching the fucking throttle. <laughs> so th- this throttle is going all throttle, and and he's and he's holding onto this life jacket, then getting dragged behind, <laughs> and it's pulling out on more throttle, and the kill switch isn't isn't disengaging. <laughs> so he's then taken down this beach, like he's a big fella, and all I can see is white water behind this jet ski. He's getting towed around, towed around, and it, he lost grip. He couldn't do it anymore. And then he let go, and his jet ski is just going like flat out. I don't know what was holding the throttle down, but it was, it was full. Flat out towards these rocks, right? Oh, no. Yeah, and we're just waiting for the crunch. Somehow, goes through the only gap in the reef there. Yeah. 
And it was like, oh, thank fuck for that. Man. It was <laughs> such a relief. But then it like straightens up and just starts heading offshore. And we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he, uh, he ended up, the guy who owned the boat that towed us in the day before was parking his car. Did this happen to get posted on Facebook? Was it... I, I kind of remember maybe seeing something on one of the fishing pages. I think maybe whoever towed you in and that they might have <laughs> might have posted I, something up. I saw a couple of like cheeky comments, but um, we kept we tried to keep it pretty quiet because it was kind of like a, a dumb and dumber moment, you know. Yeah, but, it, oh, it was you talking mental. about it. It just rings a bell. Like I'm not sure if those guys <laughs> posted it up on one of the. <laughs> South Oz fishing hope, pages. I hope not, but there was a lot of people watching. <laughs> and yeah, he hopped in this tinny and just the mate and one's like, we've got to go, we've got to go chase it. So they take off in the tinny and the boat owner comes back down and he's like, fucks, where's my boat? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh God. Like, yeah, after that, and it went down the beach and K's down the beach and went around and yeah, end of it, beached itself luckily because more hundred meters down the beach, and it would have hit the base of the cliff. So yeah, wow, super lucky. Still runs. It, it, That's it, insane. It, we didn't lose any gear. The, the gear fell in the footwells as well. And it, mate, it was it was a um interesting interesting trip that one. I bet back to back shit show. What's the uh, sketchiest, most dangerous thing to happen out on a dive, apart from losing an out of control jet ski? And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It was, wasn't sketchy but when we sunk the boat on KI that was yeah um that was interesting you know we, we weren't necessarily in um heaps of danger because it was like glass off yeah like, I'm sure the people that was it someone forgetting to put the bung no, in was we, it it was a, t- a, a tinny so yeah. we were going for tuna we come across this, this school of tuna just just landed one like the first one and it was like they were dumb fish man <laughs> everyone on the boat was going to land one there was three of us yeah um but they were not going anywhere. You know, like, this is, this is the shit you dream of, that you'll wait so many years to find a school like that. Yeah. Got a fish, put it on the boat, and then when you go on for tuna, you kind of got to, like, troll a little yeah. bit, and, and then you, you jump out of the moving boat yeah. kind of thing um, at a low low amount of knots. Um, so you jump straight on the school. And, um, yeah, we, we just had, had the wrong amount of revs going in the boat, plus two, um, you know, grown... Grown men sitting maybe a little bit too far back on the sides, <laughs> you know, like but too far back, and it, it got a low cut transfer. Just, just a combination of just filled up with water. Oh mate, we didn't realize we were all watching this tuna school ahead, being like, "Yeah, like it's gonna happen." You know, I got it all on footage as well, and we're like fist pumping, like, "Yeah, let's do this." And no one saw the the arse end of the boat, like <laughs> getting filled with water. Why is my feet more wet than usual? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what the partner. We we all sitting out like on the edges of the boat, but partner was standing up in the middle of the boat, being like, "What the fuck? Water there?" And like, she's yeah, it was um, it was interesting, but yeah, it was a good day to sink a boat because it was nice and calm. But um, yeah, I was worried that we were going to get um pulled away by the current. Yeah, because I dove that sort of strip and it can be like mad current yeah so how'd you end up getting out of that sticky situation we um were a couple of k's offshore yeah but we were motoring in um we're motoring in but we couldn't get the arse end out yeah out of the water enough um so we just kept taking on more and more water they're bailing 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 <laughs> we got about 400 meters from the shore and um 
it was just a bathtub. Yeah. And, and, yeah, the motor conked out. And oh, no. Basically, we had, had everything sort of ready to go. We had, had an EPIRB in the hand. Yeah. Um, and a mobile phone, car keys. And, yeah. Yeah, so that, that went under and I was like, all right, now we can set it's it off. EPIRB <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, it was about a six-hour process, but you know, thank thank God for the, the help that we had. Yeah, wow. But we managed to actually, the boat was back on the trailer about six hours later. Yeah, wow. We, we swam it back yeah. to shore. <laughs> Got most of our gear back because it was glass off. Most of the stuff was floating. That's nuts. Super lucky in that respect. But um, yeah, it's pretty sketchy waters out there. I've, yeah, you know, a couple of guys go out and chase the children and the yaks, and I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> if only I had a better yak, like I'd be. <laughs> Like I've almost thought what one of the guys I know he he runs one of the charters down off a of Cape Jervis. I'm like yeah. thinking I'm like maybe just get him to tow me out there and tow me back in. I'll, <laughs> I'll go land a tuner on the yak and then be like, hey Ben, come tow me back <laughs> in, man. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Or that <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Make <It's> me happy. <laughs> but yeah, okay, that's got epic diving close to shore. It's awesome. So, what's the most important thing you take out on a on a dive, um, probably the tablets. Tablets for me. That's, yeah, that's me. But um, <laughs> the other thing as well is a sharp shield. Yeah. Um, again, that's a bit of a personal preference. Yeah. Um, they th- there's enough science there. People will be like, oh, they don't work. You know, they don't do anything. So, so is it like an electronic? So yeah. So actually, shark shield is is basically a um. Device you wear around your, your ankle. Yeah. There's ones you can put on surfboards and things. And um, has an antenna that might be, I don't know, five foot long. Yeah. That's kind of like neutrally buoyant and you know, it just sort of follows you. It just them. puts like an electronic pulse yep. out. Every, I don't know, half a second. Yeah. Doof, doof, doof of, of electronic pulse. Yeah. If you touch it, it's, it like fucking hurts. Yeah. But the sharks use their um, nose. Like sensors there, yeah. They're there. pretty, pretty sensitive. So, yep. So when they come, you know, within. I think it's like five meters or something like that. Four yeah. five meters. Um, yeah, they uh, they'll you know not like it, and and we'll, we'll determine. The first time that I've seen it in action, I've, like I've had bronzy action before, but yeah. I haven't had my shark shield on me because yeah. it was shallow water. <laughs> but um, yeah, this one I, I there was coming around this this bronzy and um, eating pillies when we were going out for tuna and eating eating eating, and then I turned the shark shield on. And as soon as it come within distance, there was lots of pillies below me. Yeah. As soon as it come in, it was just like, no, nah, fuck this. Doof. And just left, didn't, didn't come back. So. Would uh, Brondies be the most, for anyone that's not in Australia or South Australia, it's a bronze whaler sharks. Yeah. That's what a bronzy is. Um, would bronzies be your most common shark you run into? Yeah. I, well, I mean, prior to, um, prior to the last like couple of years, I yeah. hadn't actually seen a shark. And I've been doing it for... 15 years or something like that. Like it's fishing, probably so. like snakes for, for us. Like the amount yeah. of times like, oh, don't you run into snakes all the mm. time? It's like, not really, man. Yeah. Like it's very uncommon for me to see a snake. They're there though, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but, but, yeah like we, we, we've been in close proximity before to um, bronzies and great yeah. whites. Like mates of mine have seen them, you know, metres from my fins and I just didn't, didn't see them, but bronzies. But uh, with the whites, you know, we've been... Um, told by a line fisherman, you know, nearby <coughs> that whites just, you know, grab the fish yeah. in their boat and, you know, they come belting over to us and, and get out of the water. 
Um, but most of the time, it's just mistaken identity. They're not actively yeah. chasing. I mean, you, you have you looked think... into those hex suits? Like, yep, yeah, yeah. I don't know heaps about them, though, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I think it like a mm. merges like a bunch of like technology and camo all yeah. together, kind of like the shark shields and so something with your yeah it takes away your tool. electronic. Yeah, 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 it's it's cool. People use them for hunting too. Like there's really? a whole hunting hex suit that you can get. Really? And apparently they they work pretty well. What? what these are? Uh, yeah, it's I I don't know the specifics, but yeah, people people do use them <laughs> as well. So yeah, Spiro. There's a new um new hex suit in the market um, that's just like I don't know what it's made out of, but it's just super super resistant to yeah. shark bites. I mean, it's gonna Fucking bruise you if you get some type of ke- Kevlar type, yeah, but it's stretchy and yeah, but you you just won't you, you know you won't get punched as easy, so that might be a little bit of peace of mind. But I'd rather stop the shark from getting close to me with the shark shield. Yeah, like the the one time I went, man, like every shadow, like the yeah. the cloud would go in front of the sun. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it, it's something. It I doesn't. C- it gets less, but you, you always you always seeing shadows and yeah, you you. Your ring is going a bit yeah. <laughs> so what dangers can you run into spearfishing and what can you do to reduce them? Um, the blackouts, definitely. Buddy dive, um, you're not feeling up to it, don't don't push it. Like, yeah, it's a common phrase, but no fish yeah. is worth your life. Just just leave it, um, push your boundaries in a safe zone and um, you know, pool or a, a, an actual free dive session with mates, yeah. just... Don't don't push for your PBs when you don't have anyone yeah. nearby, and so it's, it's kind of common. Sense. Basically, buddy system. Yep. Shark shield. Yep. Just your common safety stuff to peace of mind. Yeah, yeah. End Not of the too day. many people use shark shields. I'm being yeah. really surprised by that. Like uh, different states. I went to Victoria to do yeah. state titles, and they had one at the pre-dive um, sort of talk, and everyone was like, "What the fuck are you wearing that for, you <laughs> pussy?" <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't want to be bit. (laughs) (laughs) You do you. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's enough research out there to make me comfortable anyway. Um, Getting wrapped by a big fish is definitely another danger. Um, I've got caught out um, a couple of times where fish, they're not actually that big, but whether it was a a kingfish or a, um, a, a snapper or something, but, you know, they'll, they'll run around you or, or, or around a bit of a reef there or something, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're tied to the ocean floor by the line that's around you. Yeah. And that's when a knife, you got to have your knife handy, you got to be relaxed. Like, that's happened a few times where um, I've, yeah, come really close to, to being out of breath. And, yeah, it, it's definitely something that um, I can see being an issue, especially with tuna. You know, a lot of the linos know that they run, run the circles. Yeah. Um, and that they still they do that when you're in the water as well. Like one that we had last weekend, uh, it was only a small one, um, and had my dive buddy next to yeah. me. But this thing was like down um, ten meters or something. Yeah, just sort of ran like a little circle, and then all of a sudden it just comes like straight up to us <laughs> and does a full loop around us, like loops you us in. And you do you have a twenty kilo fish? And so for bigger fish, do you have like floats? Like I see yeah. with the real big fish, they they hook the line up to a float to kind of yeah. ride it out and wear it out. I heard on the Meat Eater podcast recently, Kimmy Warner, 
I'm not sure if you follow follow her too much, but she's a Hawaiian spearfisherman, and um, yep. she was talking about spearing it seven eight hundred pound marlin or whatever it was mm. you know she's only 55 60 kilos and she's yeah. like kind of holding on to the boy and getting dragged along yeah, for <laughs> <laughs> yeah you definitely you definitely uh, want to be running a float in most cases some people might run um so what kind of fish size would you start running a float for um or is it just species it's, specific i mean you always you always would run a float, but whether or not you use that to fight the fish, um, I reckon. I don't know any anything sort of over over ten kilos. Yeah, but you don't want to be under guns. You know, you might think, oh yeah, I'm, I might come across you know eight ten kilo kingfish, yeah. and then what a, a thirty kilo fish swims by, and you don't have the gear there. Yeah. You're better off to be over over guns with your with your floats than than under guns. Um. So yeah. 10, 10 kilos plus, I reckon. Um, ideally, you, uh, I, I would be running a, a float. And you, yeah. just, you can just sort of let it all go and relax and, you know, let the fish wear out a bit and then bring it up. So and what's your ideal shot on a fish? Is it like broad... Well, I'm not sure if you call it broadside. When we, yeah. call, when we have something completely side on to us, we call that broadside. Is it like you're tucking in behind the gills, behind the fin? Yeah. Are you I mean, stoning them, going with a good headshot or... Yeah, ideally you want a stonefish, but sometimes the stone shots won't present, um, and then so it's about getting a good holding shot. Yep. And usually the time between when you shoot a fish to dispatching it, especially in SA with our sort of smaller species, yep. you, you're talking seconds. Yeah, you, know? you, you shoot it, boom, pull it in, in. Oh, yeah, it's, it's done. Um, so you just want it where it, so it doesn't tear out. So. Um, well, I haven't hunted too many bigger pelagic fish, but um, you don't really want to get that true broadside shot. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you do, you, you, you're bow hunting, imagine shooting something and then and then it sort of trying to run off at a, at yeah, a perpendicular and, and it would it would, it would tear, it would, yeah. it'll bend you, um, bend the spear or the arrow or whatever. And, and it, it's, yeah, it. You want to try to salvage you if you can. So ideally, you want to wait till that fish is swimming off at about a forty-five. Yeah, and then shoot it. Yeah, tuck it in behind yep. the back fin. Yeah, ideally spine fin shot. Yeah, yep. done. Yeah, yep. um, shooting fish in the head, like stoning them. Do you have to worry about like certain species, like you're not getting a full pass through what you want, or as the, like, the spear stopping on the yeah. skull? Yeah, generally bigger pelagic. Yeah, you got to watch for that, but um. Typically, if you're going to be in areas where there's going to be pelagic, bigger pelagic fish, yeah. um, you want to, like, you, you will sort of be prepared. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah, like, like bigger, bigger tuna. We, we do get some barrels here. Yeah. Um, it's definitely on my wish list. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you need to chat to James. He'll, <laughs> he'll have a good chat to you about it. I reckon he loves yeah. his barrels. Yeah. It'd be, uh, it'd be awesome to see him in the water. But yeah, you, you, you do want to get that full penetration yeah. where you can. And there's no real fish that I think you wouldn't shoot because you're worried about the penetration. Usually yeah. if you're approaching those fish, you, you should be able to get it all the way through anyway. Um, you know, just just make sure you yeah, select your gear right and it should be sweet. Top five dream places to dive and species to chase. I well, don't. Uh, I'm not overly well-travelled yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Um, over a couple of different locations in um, 
Southern Australia. But um, yeah, as far as international goes, uh, hasn't even been on the radar over the last couple of years. We were planning on going, but yeah, COVID again. But um, it, uh, most of my fish still are probably like SA, yeah, SA ones or Southern Australia anyway. But um, the barrel is definitely up there. Yeah, um, that's a uh, one that either in Victoria or South Australia there near the border. Um, Port Mac. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Portland. Uh, Port Mac. Yeah. yeah. That's where the all the barrels tend to be caught. Yeah. It's a big, big challenge though. But yeah, they test your gear out. But a few of the um, lads that um, are in the in the club, they have got on the barrels before. They were the first people. Um, Dave and, and, and Sam, Sam Dawson, they were the first people to actually... Spear a, a tuna over a southern bluefin over 100 kilos, I think it was. That's nuts. Yeah, so like, I couldn't imagine, yeah. especially getting dragged through the water, something that size. Yeah. But yeah, especially tuna because they're just yeah. freaking missiles through yeah. the water, torpedoes. Yeah. Like it's, he was uh, telling me about it and he, he saw hundreds of them he said, yeah. that, that day. You know, it was just epic to see and the whales there, oh, everything. And um, he said that. And he got cleaned up by a fish that was coming through the, the bait ball as well. Like, you know, 100 kilo fish just going... <laughs> it would not be fun. It would be almost like a, um Islander <laughs> hitting you, you know, <laughs> like playing rugby. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, leave you with a mark, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, Big Snapper is another one that I want to yeah. get. Um, come pretty close to getting a record for that um, before. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that's on the wish list, and mahi mahi. That's another one. Um, Beautiful like, um, fish, dolphin fish. Yeah, they just they're sustainable as well. You know, yeah. like they're so fast growing, taste oh, good. I like apparently. how they taste like just floating bits of yeah. timber and just chill yeah. under timber flowing through the water. That's yeah. it'd be it'd be awesome to get onto those and yeah, and a probably big mulloway. And that uh, that's probably sort of yeah, more list done, but um. Yeah, yeah, got Mulloway. Big Mulloway before, would be sick. Yeah. Mulloway Jewfish for the interstate yeah. state guys. And, you know, if anyone's Afri- Africa, those Jewfish over there get pretty. What are they, what are they called? Yeah, they're called something else. I, th- I thought they were Jewfish, but they? yeah, they could be some yeah. something else. Yeah, they look they're similar, but they're next huge. Level, yeah. <laughs> How do you see the public views on spearfishing? Um, pretty warped. Yeah. Pretty similar to hunting, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a lot of, lot not of, enough knowledge out yeah, there, and yep, yep. People just chucking their, their um, you know, ideas around that. Just a lack, lack, pure lack of information. You know, most people you can kind of correct, correct them a bit with just through education. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is a little bit, uh, yeah, mis, misguided, definitely. How would you change the public views on spearfishing and spearfishermen? I think, um, you know, a lot of people, even people that are ocean users, line fishermen yep. and stuff, you know, they think it's easy, it's cheating, you know, the yard over, you can sort of cop it all. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it is the most sustainable way to, to fish. Yeah. We're, we're selective. We There's no bycatch, you know, minimal anyway, unless you shoot two in one, which yep. doesn't usually happen. <laughs> but, um yeah, it's uh, it, it it it's definitely something that I think yeah, just you gotta get the word out there. Yeah, you know, a while back um, I was asked to do an interview for um, on ABC yep. on, on radio, 
And uh, I rang Dave and I was like, and, and Dave's the, the president of the spearfishing club. And I said, Dave, I've been asked to do this. I don't really want to do it. You know, I want to, I don't really want um, copping the, the, you know, the, any negativity or anything yeah. like that. Um, and he said, mate, it's, it's an opportunity. You're like we, we, we've got to, you got to be, I think the general public needs to know that it, it is, it is a, a hobby. It is a, um, a thing that, that, that goes on and there is, you know, correct ways to, to do it. He said, yeah. use this opportunity, like get the voice, get your voice out there. And yeah, it's, um, just a matter of, um, yeah, just steady. How'd you go with the ABC interview? Did you get a better than you, I think from the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so across that still, today. Still, uh, still, um, yeah, yeah. The, the problem is, um, you know, I suppose this, this podcast will get listened by hunters and fishermen. Yeah. You know, it's not just gonna; it's unlikely to just pop up on some, you know, vegans' feed. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, yeah, I'm a lot, lot more uh, ready to do something like this. But uh, yeah, when it started, when the pictures, so it was when we shot a couple of big kingfish, yeah. a, a thirty kilo, thirty two kilo kingfish, and a thirty seven kilo kingfish, and. Um, yeah, the, when the picture of that, us sort of holding that, then got posted on all the ABC Facebook pages, you know, most people were like, well, yeah, you know, awesome, good job. Um, but then you get a lot of these, yeah, um, greenies that were just like, oh, yeah, why did you shoot it? Why did you do that? Yeah. You know, and oh, trophy hunting. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you see it with guys catching Rays Metro and Sharks mm-hmm. Metro mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like yeah. Just the backlash that these guys that pull the stingrays up and... Yeah. gaff them through the wing and then unhook them, let them go. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. there's been some pretty brutal media coverage on yeah. on that in recent years. Yeah, but it was it was alright in the end. No, no, that's yeah. good. That's good. Are there any silly laws on spearfishing in South Australia that don't make sense and that you would change? Um, probably something that we discussed right at the start, which was that metro sort of lockout. Yeah. Um, you know, you can line fish in a lot of areas. Uh, why can't you spearfish? Yeah, you know, they, it, people have this warped perception that they're going to get shot. Yeah, and <laughs> like, it's like you know this. this you know, it's, it's, I don't know. The range of spear guns is is, is so minimal yeah. anyway. Um, it just doesn't happen. You know, people just uh, people that do have injuries from spear guns are when people are spearfishing themselves. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're with their mates um, in the water. And just bad, you know, a bad muzzle control yeah. per se. Like that. yes, it's not going to happen if if old mates sitting on the beach, their their you know, family, or they're in the water. You're not going to get a spear fisherman <laughs> right on there anyway. And uh, I don't know. It, it's 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 very spear's not just going to travel 100 meters out the water, out the water, boom, <laughs> harpoon someone on no. the beach. You know, it's, it's um yeah, it, it's steadily. I think uh, because of the awareness of hey, this is this is a hobby. It yeah. does happen. Um, there are good people out there. Dave Dave Shelfield and yeah, and his face um, in the political yeah. scene, which, which I see his name out quite there a bit on yeah. the fishing pages yeah. and mutual yeah. friends of ours mention him quite a bit. So yeah, he's a good lad. Does a bit of bit of hunting as well. Yeah, so. yeah, but yeah, that whole uh, six hundred meters away from Metro is probably something that I see a little bit silly. But yeah. we're getting there. What is spear fishing to you? Um, just generally like a way of life I suppose yeah. you know it, it, it's so much of my time is is spearfishing and, and and you make so many mates um the community of it is just 
epic. Yeah. One thing I love about it as well is like, you know, people that I idle. Yeah. Like so, this is is my my hobby. You know, my my sport, if you want to call it yeah. that. The, the the best of the best in in Australia. Like I I can. I can message them yeah. on Facebook. Like you get you get access to it. The community is just so it's, inviting. It's different to other sports and the yeah. hunting's the same. Like majority of the time, you know, someone who's well up in hunting, they're still in that reach where they'll yeah, reply yeah. to a message, yeah. you know. It's just awesome to have access yeah. to that. To you. And spearfishing would be an even smaller yeah. community than yeah. hunting. Like it just limits. Yeah. But it's just, it, you know, all my great memories in the last recent, you know, 10 years of yeah. All stemmed from <coughs> trips and all you made. She made it's it's very similar to hunting. Mm, from what you're that. saying, like you know, I can picture you know all your waking seconds. If you got a spare moment to think about something, it's where you're going next. How yeah. you're going to approach something next? What gear you're taking? What's yeah. this? Who you going with? Like it's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. same with me. Like I drive trucks all day, and my mind's just hunting, hunting, fishing, hunting, hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it takes up a bit of time, doesn't it? Picturing scenarios go through your head. Like, if a fish is here, how am I going to approach it? it, Yeah, it's... (laughs) I can see by your reaction, like, you're like... (laughs) It happens. How would you like to be remembered? Um, It's a bit of a tricky one because, um, you know, I suppose more along the lines of just being... You know, fun, fun to dive with, and, and yeah. just not so much. I'm not not pushing to be remembered as a as a an epic diver or anything like that. But it is something that I think, um, you know, I personally got to work on a bit because over the last recent years, um, you know, you, you're so set on all right. What's my next fish? What, what am I what am I going to target next? And um, you, you kind of uh, you're not always in the moment. You, you, you focus on the fish. It's like just slow down a little yeah. bit. You know, enjoy the company with you. Um, you know, fish fish will get landed. You know, just just calm down a little bit. And yeah, I think I think I still got to work on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, just uh, just being a being a good fun bloke to go dive with, and yeah. you know that'll come with more invites for diving as well. And yeah, it's uh, yeah that that uh, people I'd want to be remembered with. Yeah, no, that's good, man. Uh, random one, most random fact you know. Um, thought about this one. The fish can change their sex. So I think a few people know about this. Some people might not at all. Yeah, a few different species. Yeah, but like blue gropers, that's our um sort of more more known one. So blue gropers are a, a pretty big species of, of fish that we get here. Um, I don't know exactly how big they can grow, but um. Yeah, excess of bloody meter long plus and just yeah. just real fat fish. But yeah, when they're uh, when they're born, they're born as female, and a few few years later, a bit of bit of growth behind them, and they'll um they'll then change to male. But they can also change to male based on who they're hanging around. So if you've got a group of them, generally there'll be one male, a few females, yep. and that male gets out overfished or dies or something yeah. happens to it, eaten by a shark, whatever. The female within within days start acting more manly and, and step up to the to the plate and become the Yeah, that's not Barramundi do that too. Do they? I'm pretty sure. They yeah, start right. off at 
one sex and finish it at another. Yeah. But I think it's opposite. I think it's younger a male and then older a female. Yeah, right. But there's heaps, heaps well, in there. It's found it crazy how it can happen so quick. You yeah. Know, like within, within 14 days, I think it is, that they can transition, you know. Hey, I mean, it's, it's good for fish stocks. Yeah. We can't complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you? Um, Coastal Lads. Coastal so Lads on, on Instagram? Instagram, yeah. Is that That's Coastal cool. underscore Lads? Yep, yep, yep. yep. So and anyone have any questions, hit you up. Definitely. You yeah. and your, your guys on yep. there will hit back. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, any questions, um, yeah, hit us up on there or um, Facebook, um, the Golf Skin Divers. That's a, that's a club that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, if you can, jump on that. And, yeah, awesome bunch of uh, mentors on there that will answer any questions, help any, anyone out and, yeah. Too easy, man. Thanks for jumping on and thanks for coming on random notice. <laughs> like I said, you were recommended from one of our mutual friends and then when I was researching questions to ask you, um, you know, quite a few few of the guys that I reached out to, they all spoke highly of you. So it was, awesome. it was awesome to have you have yeah. you on and pick your brain about something I know next to nothing about. So <laughs> that's good. It's I appreciate the opportunity to get out there and spread the word. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you for listening. Um, please find us on social media, Instagram, Hunting Connection Podcast, Facebook, Hunting Connection Podcast, and Twitter at Hunting Connect. Also, please subscribe on whatever podcast app you are listening on, rate and review, share and recommend to friends and family. Thank you for listening.